The Blue Jays ready to kick off their second half, but is the team any good? Or are they just downright mediocre? Winter is coming. Game of Thrones season premiere. Yeah, we're going there. And Toronto FC rewards their front office and their head coach with extensions. All that coming up on TSN 1050. This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports. What's up, Toronto? Gareth Wheeler with you. I am pumped. I I don't know if I've been this excited in a long time. Ricky Gervais in town this weekend. Going to see that. Metallica playing this weekend as well. And the season premiere of Game of Thrones Season 7. Oh yeah, let's pump this. We could just play this the entire show and all the smile on my face. HBO Canada, Sunday night. We could do some Game of Thrones talk. We're actually going to have Adam Proto join me a little bit later on. Has covered hockey in this city, in this country for quite some time. But he's ventured off. He, he does some work for the Toronto Star, other publications. And he got to sit down with the cast of Game of Thrones. So we'll have some GOT7 talk. Coming up in the next hour of the program. And, and you know that this show is like your Talk Back Toronto. The phone lines are open, 416-870-1050. And toll free at 1-855-591-6876. If you call in to provide a sports opinion today, I want you to let me know who you want to see sitting on the Iron Throne after these next two years. How do you want Game of Thrones to wrap up? Who are you supporting it's like a sport, right? Like whether you support the Leafs, the Canadians, the Sabres, the Canucks, whoever. In Game of Thrones, you have House Targaryen, House Stark, House Lannister. We're geeking out here. You can go other. You can go off the board, off the grid. Maybe it's the Hound you want to see on the Iron Throne. I would love to see Peter Baelish, Littlefinger. Huge fan of him. Yeah, we'll do some Game of Thrones talk because, honestly, it's bigger than anything else going on in the sports world right now. With all due respect to the Blue Jays starting their second half, and with all due respect to McGregor Mayweather wrapping up their world tour, their four-stop tour, a little bit later on today. Hit me up on Twitter. You retweeted that, right? Keith Bauer, behind the glass, give me a thumbs up. Uh, Who do you want to see sitting on the Iron Throne? Simple. Let me know, at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. The text is 105050, the email live at tsn1050.ca. There will be those out there that don't watch the show that are like, Wheeler, stick to sports. It's kind of a big deal. I'm not going to lie to you. Just the most watched show, basically, in television history. Kayla, I know you gave up on it early. I was talking to Kayla before the show. She's like, when Ned Stark died, I was out. Man, I wasn't ready. <laughs> I wasn't ready. But that's what makes the show great. You build this attachment to a character. He gone. Yeah. Or she gone. You know, How long just... would it take me to catch up, realistically? Ooh. Well, there's been six seasons. Okay. An hour per episode. I, I, I can't confirm how many episodes per year. It would take some... It would take some serious commitment. Have you read the books? I have read 
uh, the five books. Okay. So th- the show has gone beyond the books. So did Homeboy pick up his pen and write that final book yet, or are we still waiting George, for that? George R. Martin or yes, whatever? sorry, George. Sorry, okay. George. I don't mean to call you that. I don't know what the latest is, because okay. now I've become so consumed with the television show yeah. that the books, eh? Like, when I was reading the book, it's it's great writing, but I found that oftentimes I had to skip over large chunks because you'd go into some long poem or song and he'd write it out. You're like, okay, get on with this. <laughs> Who you dies? I mean? <laughs> Who dies? Like, I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. Those books, I just, I, I didn't enjoy them. They weren't my thing. The, the, the Game of Thrones books, uh, they're much more interesting. I like the writing better. Do you stay on Twitter though for these games, or I mean, for for the Game of Thrones, or because I feel like there's so many spoilers that I'd probably be like, oh yeah. No, 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 no. I just I I sit there Sunday night, or if I'm out on Sunday night, PVR watch Monday morning, and it's just me and that show. I okay. just I know when it's coming on. I've watched the trailer, but that's as far as I'll go. You know, I, I'm not down with the spoilers, but uh, it's going to be huge this weekend. Don't you feel like you're missing out? I to- I, I'm really having like a bad case of FOMO right now yeah. because I don't understand what's going on. I don't know if that Jon Snow guy is alive. Who's that other dude? Um, Khaleesi. Is that Khaleesi. her name? Khaleesi. Khaleesi. Yeah. Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. yeah. See, I know some things. You got some stuff. I got some stuff. It's going to be a big season for Daenerys. I, I, I'm telling you. I'm glad that you brought the FOMO up because that was the conversation one of the callers this week about Mayweather McGregor. He was making the case that I need to watch because of the fear of missing out. FOMO is real, right? Yeah. Like, you're a little bit young. Not too much younger than me, but a little bit younger. Yeah. I feel like it, like FOMO as an epidemic so is bad. getting worse. Now with social media, videos, tags, like you just feel so left out. I don't even, I didn't really care for this McGregor Mayweather fight or like the shenanigans with like the press tour, but it's like now I feel like I have to pony up and pay $99 US just to have this thing on my TV. Because of FOMO. Yeah. That's it. Because someone's going to be like, where were you when? Damn you, FOMO. Damn you. <laughs> Costing me money. Dave hit me up on Twitter at WheelerTSN. He's thinking that one of the Stark family, like there's only four of them left standing. Uh, one of them's going to end up with the Iron Throne. Dave, tell me who. Tell me who. Is it Arya? Is it Sansa? Is it Johnny? Is it Bran? Let me know. <laughs> I have no problem going here today, by the way. Chris, are you with me? Thumbs up. The- Chris is shaking his head. Keith Bauer, you haven't watched the show. But the- I work with a bunch of sports geeks, okay? Let- let's be honest. Like I'm a sports guy through and through. But we take sports geekdom or nerddom. Like, so many people in this building are competing for the Iron Throne of Sports Nerd. Keith, which, which, I, which instead of an Iron Throne would be more of a couch or a recliner. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you remember that old TSN couch, couch that we had out here. I mean, I think you take Disgusting. off a section of that and there's your TSN 1050 yeah. geek nerd yeah. throne, whatever you want to call it. Mobile device in one hand so you can tweet and television in front of you and maybe like a coffee in the other hand. That's the TSN 1050 lifestyle. Yeah, that's that, a good that, one. That's what we, it is. We enjoy it back here. Yeah. Okay. So apparently, no one I work with are like the masses who watch Game of Thrones. But let us know. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. Plenty to get into. Don't worry. We got a ton of Blue Jays talk coming. That's where I'm going out of the gate. Queue up now. Here's my basic 
Here's the basic premise of my question, and we'll work this out together. Are the Blue Jays even good? Like, are, are the Blue Jays a good team that underachieved in the first half of the year? I, I think it's a fair question to ask. Or are they just nothing but mediocre? The Blue Jays finished the de facto first half as we're here at, you know, I guess coming out of the All-Star break, 41-47, the worst record in their division. They are closer to being the worst team in the American League than they are a wild-card spot. They have to jump 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. They need to jump 7 teams to get into a wild-card spot. It hasn't been a good first half. But do you believe that this team is capable of more and that they just underachieved in the first half? Or is this what they are? Just nothing but an average to poor team in Major League Baseball. I hear so many people coming out. Well, the Blue Jays can go on a run. And they can make a push the second half of the year. And statistics say that some of these players will hit to their mean and and hit their averages. So expect big second halves from them. It's like I think people are really trying to sell you on having a glimmer of hope when it comes to this team. And if you believe it, explain why. Explain to me why this team is good and is underachieved in the first half. Or you can take the angle of the team is just bad. And there's places I want to go depending on what you answer. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure book here. Because I think there's compelling arguments to make about the spin when it comes to the ball club, when it comes to the spin that's coming from the media, or something that's not happening within the team that should. So the Blue Jays any good? 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. live at tsn1050.ca at Wheeler TSN. Uh, we'll also get into how officiating... Basically, in all sports, are ruining the game. We saw the CFL game last night. Controversy. Women could have won a mil- Whatever. It buries the lead when it comes down to the sport. And this is the important thing here. That football has to be the most difficult sport to officiate. Basketball is up there as well. But essentially, you can blow your whistle and call a penalty. Throw out the yellow or orange flag every single time. Every single play. But the best officials know when to do so and when not to. And last night was case in point. It wasn't that one play between the Argonauts and Blue Bombers. It's continual. And this is a problem in the NFL. It's a problem in the CFL. What can be done to ease the burden of these referees? Because they're in a no-win situation. And this is one of the reasons why I always hated referees. And it's not their fault. They just get more calls wrong than it seems like they get Calls right. And when you don't talk about them, it means they did a good job. And when we talk about them, like a lot of people are doing today, well, that means they did a bad job. So we'll get into that as well. Uh, French Open's going on right now. Did Marin Silich just beat Sam Query? Is that what happened? I got the thumbs up on that. My question is, who cares? If Roger Federer and Venus Williams do not win the men's and women's side of Wimbledon, I mean, what what was the point of the last two weeks? Entirely disappointing. And maybe it indicates where tennis is at today. Venus Williams is 37. Roger Federer is 35. 
Cite me the example. Name me the sport where older athletes are achieving like this. The women that Venus Williams has played, like, I know, I knew Joe Conta. But on the other side, like, the woman she's playing tomorrow at 9 a.m. on Canada Sports Leader, never even heard of her. Muguruza? Muguruza? What? But this happens all the time in women's tennis. If it's not Serena, if it's not Venus, if it's not Jeannie, who's no good anymore anyways, Sharapova's suspended, like, or coming off suspension... Who is there? Like, the women's game, man, not in a good place right now. And and on the men's side of things, Sam Query, Marin Chil- okay. Um, just this tournament hasn't been tennis at its best. And this is Wimbledon. This is the most important of all grand slabs. If Federer wins, okay, you got something there. There's meat on that bone, but if not, yikes. Who's watching, like, a Marin Chilich and who's he play? Birdman, Burdich. Burdich in the final. Thomas Burdich? Yeah. Tomash? Tomash Burdich? Uh, I, I don't know. Tennis, these, it's, kind, it's kind of like golf. When you have all these players at the top of their game, it's, it's, it's exhilarating. It's incredible. But when those players like Djokovic and Murray, they're hurt. And Nadal gets upset. I mean, that was the highlight of this Wimbledon. Nadal Mueller. And Mueller was so gassed from that almost five-hour game against Nadal, he lost his next game. You know, it's, it's kind of a tournament done. But I will watch Roger. He'll be taking on the Birdman a little bit later on, so we'll get into that as well. Are, are the Blue Jays good? And I want to hear from you, 416 870 and this isn't asking, and th- this is what's happened on sports radio in this city for weeks now. We have resorted to the lowest common denominator of conversation. Do the Blue Jays buy? Do the Blue Jays sell? I mean, come on. We're better than that. We're not even at the trade deadline yet. And we've been arguing about this for weeks. Let's get down to the point. You're burying the lead. The buying and selling conversation starts on whether this team is any good or not. So are they good? Are they just underachieving? 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. If you say if you say they're good, and, and this is where I want to take this. If you say the team is actually good, then why isn't there more pressure? Why isn't there more heat on their manager, John Gibbons? In every sport, when a team underachieves, when they do not meet expectation, do you know who's the guy that goes first? It's the coach. It's the manager. I'm sorry, it's just the way that things, how things work. You employ that individual to get the most out of the group. John Gibbons has managed this team to a 41-47 and record. And if you believe that this team is good, then shouldn't the manager suffer or face the repercussions for underachieving? And I get that John Gibbons is a really nice guy. I get it. It seems like a great dude. Met him a couple times. Nothing but positive things to say about him. But that doesn't mean or give the basis of why a manager with expectations, why they should keep their job. 
It, it, it just, just doesn't. Unfortunately, that's the way things work in sport. It's great that he took the team to the playoffs in back-to-back years. What he's done in the past, fine. It, it gave him a contract extension. It extended his time with the Toronto Blue Jays. But really, when it gets down to it, if John Gibbons is incapable of getting more from this team, then why isn't he the guy that's facing the consequences right now? Can't fire players. You can't trade everyone. But when, if you believe, and this is if you believe, the team is underachieving, then shouldn't the manager be the one to go? If not, tell me why not. Because in every sport it works this way. If you don't get the, get the most out of your team, out of your players, it's on you, dude. Sorry. Thanks for your time. Collect paychecks. We're going in a different direction. Trying to find someone who can get more from this group. And this is where this conversation gets interesting. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. As so many people out there have told you, I mean, Steve Phillips came on this show, well, on the station for months. He's our baseball guy. He predicted the Blue Jays to win the American League East. He's not the only one. Across this market, there's been overhype, in my opinion, of this team and what they're all about. But if people genuinely, authentically were trying to sell you the fan, you the listener, you the reader, you the consumer out there that this team was all that, why when they suck are there no ramifications? There's no one pointing fingers of blame. There's no one analyzing or assessing what's gone wrong and why and how to fix it. The conversation in this market has immediately gone to buying and selling. That's lazy. It's skipping over the steps. And if you believe, and and I don't know how many people believe this, that this team is nothing but mediocre, average at best, then that's on the front office, right? And I and I question why more people wouldn't have called this team out for being just plain old average earlier. Now it seems like everyone's or a lot of people are on board. Some people are still preaching belief, hope that this team can go on a run. I'm not having it. I'm not buying it. But this team was flawed from the get-go. And this falls in the front office because you cannot have your cake and eat it too. You can't say, well, we're not buying or we're not selling, that we will still buy if the price is right. They're trying to keep that glimmer of hope alive for you, the consumer, which is disingenuous. Because if they believed this team in the first place, or they believed that this team was good enough in the first place, one, they would hold their manager accountable, which they have not and will not. Two, they would have bought in the first place. This front office, if they thought this team was a front runner. In the American League, they would have, one, addressed the left field position better than a platoon guy at best in Steve, Steve Pierce coming into the year. They wouldn't have let that Jose Bautista charade play out like it did when Jose returns to the Blue Jays as a last-case scenario, and that's what he was. They wouldn't allow for the Blue Jays to have arguably the worst outfield in all, in all of Major League Baseball. If they believed this team had a chance to win, they would have brought in more depth in pitching. If they believed that this team had a chance to win, they would have brought in at least a backup catcher, someone to spell Russell Martin. If they believed that this team could have won, they would have re-signed Edwin Encarnacion. So what's this front office trying to do here? Are they trying to sell tickets? 
Are they trying to make sure that there remains interest in the team? Or are they trying to win? Again, you can't have it both ways. You're either in the pool or you're out of the pool. This whole just dipping your feet in, it doesn't work in professional sports. So that's why I'm asking you, like, what side of the fence are you on? Did we enter this Blue Jays season with the team simply not being good enough? Meanwhile, people were telling you that Francisco Liriano, best fifth pitcher in baseball, he's good enough to be in the Cy Young Award conversation. Did you believe all that crap when it was put out there to begin with? Or did you take a counter-approach that this team simply wasn't good enough? That you were being sold a false bill of goods? Because the way that we should approach the Blue Jays depends on where you stood two months ago. And potentially where you stand now today. If you believe that this team is good, if you believe that this team can turn it around, then so be it. But I would expect the organization to hold the manager accountable. I don't get why John Gibbons is untouchable. His team's a losing ball club. His team is six games below 500. His team's got rinsed by two touchdowns within the last week heading into the All-Star break. Tulo is absolutely lost. Polar is on an incredible slump. No one can fix that. Donaldson is struggling. You brought Donaldson back too early, trying to force the issue earlier in the season. He played. He went out longer. Aaron Sanchez couldn't deal with a blister problem. The team is underachieved. So many times you're like, well, why is he leaving that pitcher in now? Why is it more accountability put on the manager if you believe this team is good enough to win? 416-870-1050 416-870-1050 and toll-free at 1-855-591-6876. Victor saying the team is average at best. Injuries didn't help. Pieces needed to be added for the playoff run. Well, okay. From How are you going to do that? And from where? And by doing it now, isn't a little bit too little, a little bit too late? And this injuries conversation... The Seattle freaking Mariners had everyone but one of their starting rotation pitchers out, including a series where the Blue Jays swept the M's here at the Rogers Center. Look across Major League Baseball. The Blue Jays aren't the only team that's saying, woe is me. The Dodgers have had a 60-win first half of the year. They've had more injuries than the Toronto Blue Jays. So I'm sorry, that whole injury conversation, that's part of building a ball club, building an organization. And if you don't have depth of players, that's on the front office. Especially when this team was deemed, was in the playoffs last year, and deemed by many to be a contender. Mood sent me up, mediocre at best, tried to ride the coattails of the past year and a half. Age and inability to hit for contact caught up with them. Sure. Sure it did. Was this predictable? And perhaps that's why this front office was unwilling to invest in the team today because they're looking ahead to the future. If that's the case, then then don't tell me something I'm watching that's abundantly clear that it's just bang average is something that it isn't. But unfortunately, for you, the listener, that's what you were sold. And now for me, the expectations are all out of whack. 
Share your thoughts at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. The text is 105050. The email live at TSN1050.ca. We'll continue this conversation as Rob Longley, Post Media, covers the Blue Jays for the Toronto Sun. We'll check into the program. And your thoughts coming up as well. Uh, rant over. It's just, it's got to be one way or the other when it comes to this team. This whole sitting on the fence type idea. It's too much. It doesn't work. We see right through it. We'll get into your Game of Thrones, who you prefer to end up on the Iron Throne as well. Uh, And we'll get into Toronto FC making significant announcements today as well. So all of that coming up. I'm with you till 1 p.m. A great weekend is on Tap Toronto. Get into it now. Get hype. Get live. Cannot wait for for all of it to go down. At Wheeler TSN, this is Toronto Today, TSN 1050. Well, an underrated, is this an underrated U2 song? Is this in honor of Conor McGregor? Little Irish? Is that what it is, Chris? Unintentional? Okay. I'm down if you want to play you two today. It's all good. A big weekend across the city. Gareth Wheeler with you. Honda Indy. It's here in Toronto. Jays are in action. Ricky Gervais is in town. I'm going to see him at Massey Hall tomorrow night. David Brent from the original, like the British office. Is there a better character in television history? Seriously, like, David Brent was so good. And, I I mean, Steve Carell was good on the American office, don't get me wrong, but David Brent, Ricky Gervais' next level for the UK version. Like, so good. Seeing Ricky Gervais Saturday, Game of Thrones on Sunday. Just a huge weekend all around. By the way, continue to send me who you believe... Or who you want to see sitting on the Iron Throne at the end of Game of Thrones. Tim going off the board. He thinks the Queen of Thorns. Lady Tyrell is going to come back for revenge. Not sure if she's the power behind her, but that's an obscure hipster pick, Tim. Keep that coming. We'll do some Game of Thrones talk. Adam Proto is going to join me a little bit later on. Interviewed a bunch of the cast. Yeah, we're going there because no offense to the Blue Jays, it's the biggest thing that's going on this weekend. Uh, I want to pick up on the conversation that we were having in the previous segment. Before we talk about the Blue Jays buying and selling, let's talk about what's gone wrong. Because so many people believe that this team was all that. They had the makings of a contender in the American League. Steve Phillips picked them to win the AL East. He wasn't the only one. So if that was the expectation... If the team was supposed to contend and now they find themselves seven spots out of a wild card spot and six games below 500, how come John Gibbons, the manager, isn't on the hot seat? This is how sports work. When teams struggle, don't live up to expectation, coaches lose their jobs. Yet John Gibbons isn't even being talked about here. And if this team just isn't any good, then... Why are we even having this conversation about buying and selling to begin with? 
And why didn't this front office, who believe that this team, or, or, or at least publicly say that they believe in this team, why did they add a left fielder? Why did they settle bringing back, settle for bringing back Bautista? Didn't bring up bring in depth of pitching. Didn't bring in a backup catcher in the offseason Then there's mixed messages across the board here. So let's try to make sense of it all with my good buddy, the de facto mayor of Burlington. It is Rob Longley from Post Media and the Toronto Sun, at Longley, Sun Sport on Twitter. You basically sit on the Iron Throne of Burlington, don't you, Rob? Well, I don't know about that, Wheels. I just walked uh, past the uh, C.H. Norton campus where you were once, that you once reigned, and I think they started the Gareth Wheeler's statue out back already beautiful just so all the birds can defecate on it and people can throw (laughs) trash at it perfect um you kind of heard my diatribe you heard my rant off the top there at the beginning of the year and even now rob like is this a good baseball team that's underachieved or is this quite frankly just a mediocre group well i think it's a good baseball team that's underachieved but trending very rapidly towards mediocre if that makes any sense uh I mean, as you suggested earlier in the show, I mean, it's an aging group. It's a group heavy in veterans. And at some point, aging veterans start playing like they're old. And the problem is when you get a bunch of them starting to underachieve at once, then they drag everybody else uh, down with them. And I think that's part of what's happened here. I mean, um, it's too simplistic just to say injuries, although that's been a, been a big factor. But they've been wildly inconsistent at way too many intervals in the season and at way too many positions. And I think that's why they're in the complete mess that they're in right now. Okay, so do you believe that the front office, deep down inside, thought that this team was good enough to compete this year when the season began? I believe that they felt that they had a reasonable chance to be a playoff team again if everything went right. And by everything they needed, that pitching staff that was so good last year to uh, to match what they did in 2016, which was asking a whole lot in reality, they needed the team to stay healthy. They needed uh, some perf- uh, performance from Kendris Morales. Now, I don't think that – I'm not like you. I'm not so beat up about the Edward Encarnacion thing because of what Justin Smoke's done. He's essentially replaced that – Production. I prefer to have both of them in the lineup, quite frankly, because Smoke and Edwin could be first base DH. But uh, uh, well, no, because Justin Smoke can't can't play as a DH. He needs to be an everyday player, and we're seeing this, the success that he's had, and that's a big reason why is because he's getting the chance to play every day. But that's not really the issue. The issue is is is, is at other parts of the lineup. Left field, which was a black hole all off season. Is, has, become, has been that the whole way. I mean, when you're looking for Steve Pierce to get off the DL because you need him that badly to play defense in left field, that tells you how bad you are in that position. Totally. And, and, you know, we talked about it in the offseason. Why aren't they addressing that? Well, maybe they didn't, have, they, they didn't see the opportunity to get the right player out there. But whatever, whatever's happened, that's been a, a terrible spot for them. Troy Tulowitzki has under, underachieved at the plate dramatically, and, and they can't keep... Uh, carrying on and, 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 and move into contention without him picking it up. And others have been too inconsistent. Jose Bautista's had some good moments this season, but he's had a lot of dips as well. And the same with Josh Donaldson. He's started to pick it up just before the break, but, man, oh, man, he, for the most part, from mid-June until uh, mid-July, early July, he, he struggled. And it's just, I don't know if it's age, I don't know if it's the after-effects of these injuries, but on too many levels, this team has underachieved to this point. Rob Longley joining us here on Toronto Today. I'm Wheels. Okay, then this, this is what I don't get. If, if the front office wasn't 
completely committed and believing that this group could be a winner. Because saying if everything goes right, Rob, I mean, this is 162. Like, everything yeah, doesn't on. generally doesn't go right for teams across Major League Baseball. Then why have they sold that this team's going to be a contender? And why do they continue to sell and perpetuate this notion that they could be buyers? Well, I think it's because I think it's a very complicated situation the front office finds itself in. I mean, obviously they have to make changes. They have, because not only is this team unlikely to be uh, challenging for a playoff position uh, late, uh, later this season, there's no chance the way it's currently constructed that it will next year. But to tear it down to the bone is not a, is not a plan that will work fisc- fiscally for the ownership. Of this group, they need television ratings to be viable. They need a full house or near full house at the Rogers Center to be viable. So if they start pawning off some of these superstars or, or a whole bunch at once, then they're going to find themselves in a real pickle over the next couple of seasons. So the conundrum is, how do they do it? They've got some great prospects in their system, but like Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero Jr. But those guys are two, two and a half years away. Um, so what do you do in the interim? to make sure that you're at least a middle-of-the-road team and have interest from that fan base without completely alienating them. And I think that's the, that's the challenge that we're going to see over the next three weeks. The next, this this nine-game road trip is going to, I know we've been saying this all season, but this is really going to give an indication of management what, what they need to do. If they go into Fenway and go one and three next week, they're going to be 10 games plus out of first place in the AL East, and by then maybe seven games out of the wild card. And then, there's, then, then you can no longer say it's early, we can, we can still pull this off. At that point, you've got to start to be somewhat of a seller. But it's going to be with an asterisk. They're not going to completely go down to the bone like other teams in Major League Baseball. See, see, for everything that you said a few moments ago, this is why I find the conversation coming from the front office and people that work for the team indirectly so, and a lot of people that they've convinced to buy in, I, I find it all disingenuous. Because if they don't firmly believe that the team can win, then why do they continue to sell hope? You, you know well, what I mean? Like, we know what this team is all about right now. And, and, and we know that they're not good enough. You have to jump over seven teams to get into a wild card spot. And all of a sudden, these players, uh, who for me are mediocre at best, like, I, I, how can you sell it with a straight face that this team is really in contention, is really in the mix? Oh, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, selling hope right now, this is what it's come down to. Is basically, the players are saying, We've got guys in here that have won before. And two years ago, we had a couple of 11-game winning streaks after the All-Star break. So if we do that, we're going to be fine. Well, they've been saying we just got to get on a roll now since since June first, and they haven't and they, and they haven't they haven't had a legi- legitimate role. Like they, whatever, they won four or five there just before the break, but in between they were getting throttled like nineteen to one and seventeen to two and scores like that. I mean, this team can sell all hope that, all the hope that they want, but other than a great month by Devin Travis and and some great play by. Uh, Roberto Asuna, obviously, and, and, and for most of the season for Marcus Stroman, this team hasn't had a whole lot to give fans hope, that's yeah, for sure. especially, Rob, they come into the All-Star break, they have Ted straight on the road. It's difficult winning away from home in Major League Baseball, especially with a team like this. That's why I don't get it, and if this front office was, and, and people around the team that continue to say, listen, believe in us, we can go on this run, if they were genuine, if they were authentic in what they were saying, then the manager, John Gibbons, would be on the hot streak. Because any team that's expected to win at the midway point, if you 
find yourself six games out of 500 and closer to the bottom of the American League than anywhere else, that manager would be on the hot seat. But this guy is just like living large. He's comfortable. There's no pressure on him whatsoever, right? Like, this isn't well, how professional sports works. Well, we don't know for sure that, that John Gibbons isn't on the hot, hot seat. I mean, well, That would be right news now, to me. I haven't heard it. Have you heard it, Rob? Well, no, but they're not, they're not going to tell us that, right? But here's the thing with John Gibbons. They extended him because they basically were painted into a corner where they had to. This guy made the playoffs with that group for two years in a row and, and was, was coming up to uh, basically an option year. So, yeah, you extend the guy. But it's not like extending Jose Bautista at $8 million a year. It's extending a guy at a, at a million a year. So at any point, if they, they say, listen, John Gibbons isn't going to be the guy to manage a, a young group of players going, going forward, they won't hesitate to get rid of him if they, uh, get rid of him if they believe that that's, that's the answer. But Gibbons, in, in their mind, and, and I tend to agree with them on this, is that it, John Gibbons is a good manager for this group of guys. That room is full of old players, aging guys, egos, alpha males, and Gibbons kind of handles them well. They say, he lets them be what, be what they are. Uh, will that work with a group of young players that, that are developing as, as major leaguers? I'm not so sure. But he might be on the hot seat for all, all, all we know. There, there's no risk in, in, in that contract that, that they have with him. Um, and I don't, I don't think that they would hesitate in letting him go if they felt that he wasn't the manager of the future. No point in doing it right now. But in the offseason, I could see it happening well, if, see, if that's see, the way management felt. See, I w- if you firmly believe that this team should be contending now, then you let go of the manager now. And the, and the fact that I haven't heard anyone talk about this, it just shows you how there's a country club atmosphere around this team. Like, there, there's no urgency. Like, the debate right now in the city is buyers versus sellers rather than, well, what's gone wrong? Why is this team that we were promised? People would come on our airway and say, you know what, I like this team to win the American League. Francisco Liriano can compete for the Cy Young, best staff in Major League Baseball, on and on and on, waxing poetic about this team. Well, if this team actually was all that and is all that and is failing so miserably, shouldn't we be talking about the role of the manager and how he's failed to get the most out of this group? I, I would agree to, to a certain extent on that, Wheels. I mean, obviously, the manager isn't responsible for the 21 guys that have been on the DL. And, and I'm not so sure how much you blame the manager. Dodgers have had re- more injuries, Rob, and they've had 60 yeah. wins here at the midway point. Oh, oh, oh no, I'm not, saying that, I'm not saying that injuries is a total excuse. It's just, it's just part of this whole package. I mean, realistically, maybe there was, not maybe, there was too much expectation put on this starting staff, uh, expecting them to be able to match what they did last year. That that. You know, that starting five was brilliant last year. And I, I, I bought it. I, I, this is my first year doing the beat full-time, as you know, Wheels. And I totally bought into the Francisco Liriano stuff in, in spring training. I watched him. I listened to te- people talk about him. And then he goes out in his first outing and gets shelled. And really, he's only had maybe less than a handful of, of what you would call solid outings since. Stroman's been good. Sanchez has not been able to come back from that stupid blister. What's with what's with Marco Estrada? I mean, is he done as a major league pitcher? I mean, he had two good seasons. That has he suddenly missed his location, or has every hitter in the American League uh, figured out his act? I mean, all these things come together, and then you have no depth in starting pitching. Yeah, we like Joe Biagini for about two or three starts, but we saw uh, after that that he he's not ready to be a major league starter. Um, the depth of starting pitching was was should have been a concern coming into the season and, and, and it wasn't necessarily. And then those key positions that you talked about in particular left field uh, was a problem that could have been easily predicted and, and has come to fruition. So, I mean, this team, as I said off the top, 
had to have everything go right to be a contender. And, and that certainly hasn't happened. Too many things have gone wrong, injuries being only one of them. Sure. I, I, I just wonder when the the spin, and that's what I call it right now, will be from, you know what, we still believe in our guys, to, well, you know what, we have some pretty damn good players coming through the minor leagues now in our system, and the future looks bright. You know what I mean? Like It's inevitable well, yeah. it's going to happen, and it's going to be in full that kind of mode to distract from the mess that's on the field. Well, let's just say the spin has maybe a shelf life of, of another 10 days. I mean, if this, if this opening road trip to the second half is a disaster, then, I mean, the playoffs will be completely out of the picture at that point. And, and, and you watch the way the narrative changes at that point. I mean, it's already Leaf, uh, Jays fans and Jays, uh, the people that cover this team are already, uh, you know, well aware of what's going on sure. and well aware of the, the immediacy that, that they need to turn this around. And I don't see it coming based on, on what I've seen from this team all year. And uh, I don't know what, what, the, the, what could happen over the next 10 days. It could change that, say, for like a 7-3 and three road trip. And, boy, I, you know, again, where, where's that going to come from? Yeah. i got to say, Rob, your, your first year, your first half, uh, half of the year on the Blue Jays beat, you're doing a great job. I always say this. It, there's nothing more difficult than being a Blue Jays or baseball beat guy because you're on it each and every day. It must be completely all-encompassing. Yeah. It, it, you know what the one good thing about it, though? And and you hear the you hear the manager and the players talk about this, and you kind of roll your eyes. But at least there's a new game every day. You don't have to spend three or four days <laughs> right. analyzing what went wrong last night. You know, it's like okay, let's go to the ballpark and see what happens today. That's one of the pluses of of, of that challenge to the job for sure. Great stuff, buddy. I hope to see you in real life sometime soon. And keep up the great work, pal. We'll do this again, okay? Appreciate it. Thanks, Wheels. Mr. Rob Longley of Post Media and the Toronto Sun at Longley Sun Sport on Twitter. Uh, doing a great job. Him and our uh, good buddy Steve Buffery on the Blue Jays beat this year. You heard my conversation with Rob. Where do you stand on this? Do you put it on Gibbons? Anything on Gibbons? Is this team really in dire straits? Your take on the Blue Jays, 416-870-1050 and toll-free at 1-855-591-6876. The text is 1050-50 at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. And this is Toronto Today, TSN 1050. In 10 minutes time, I'm going to share with you my Kit Harrington story. John Stark, I did night here in Toronto with... John Snow, John Stark, John Snow. Why do I call him John Stark? I got Game of Thrones on the mind. Gareth Wheeler with you. I'll share you that story in a few moments' time. Proto, Adam Proto, pumped. We're going to talk some Game of Thrones at around 10 past 12. Get to that. Uh, big news for out of Toronto FC today. Yesterday, they signed a player, Nico Hasler, from Liechtenstein. Do you know where Liechtenstein is? It's kind of like right in the middle of like Switzerland, Italy, Germany, like... It's a tiny country. Nico, the newest Toronto FC player, told me there's only 35,000 people in his country. That's a WTF. So he signs yesterday contract extensions for the general manager, Tim Bezvichenko, and the head coach, Greg Vanny. Came down the pipeline this morning. The president himself, Bill Manning, will join me at around 12.30. Phone lines are open. Come on, Toronto. We're heading into the weekend. I want to hear from you. 416-870-1050. Till free at 1-855-591-6876. I want to hear Blue Jays talk. I want to hear you on officiating. 
whether it's driving you crazy, and who do you want to see end up on the Iron Throne? Yeah, we're going there. This is Toronto Today, TSN 1050.